welcome to the Get to the Point podcast, a podcast for busy women who want to have real conversations about fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but without rambling or wasting time. Let's get to the point. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Get to the Point podcast. This is your host, Leslie Ann, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, and creator of Fat Loss Lifestyle School. I have one of our Fat Loss Lifestyle School coaches and team members on the podcast with me today. Y'all say hey to Coach Jen. What's up? Hey, Coach Jen. (laughs) Jen's on the podcast with me today because we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics. And by favorite, I mean something that drives us a little bit batty. Um, There's a phrase that has been popping up in our program, Fat Loss Lifestyle School, for as long as we can remember. And here's the phrase, relationship with food. This phrase didn't come from us. We don't use it in, we don't, it's not on our website. It's not something we claim to do. It's not in any of our marketing materials or our social media, but it's just this term that's out there like floating around in nutrition world in, in, you know, um, on social media and online. And a lot of our clients come to us and say they want to fix or heal their relationship with food. So Jen, when you see this pop up in one of your coaching groups, what's your initial reaction? Well, I start twitching. I I know the twitch, (laughs) it's the twitch. (laughs) So initially I'll start twitching, but (laughs) from, from doing this from so long and, and working with as many clients as we have over the years, it really, I'll flip it back on the client and try to figure out because it, usually they're in one of two areas, like one of two camps. Um, they are they are possibly people, and this is a small percentage of people who have a clinical, you know, air quotes problem. They have a clinical um, disassociation or like disordered eating, things like that, um, that are beyond our scope of practice. And that's why I twitch a little bit because I want to make sure that those people do get the care that they need. Um, cause that's not something that we provide or we're mm-hmm. to provide. Um, but again, that's a, that, I would say that that's a small percentage of people and the bigger percentage, I would say the vast majority of our clients are people who are coming to us who have assigned some sort of emotion to things. And they think that they have a bad relationship with food when in reality, they just need some tools to help with these things that they've attached those emotions to. And more often than not, those things are feelings of shame or guilt centered around um, willpower. Like they think they don't have enough willpower to avoid like sugary, salty, crunchy, like craving type foods. Or they think that they um, have somehow failed when they go off the quote unquote air quotes, go off the rails, you know, they're they're pounding their kids snacks or eating food late at night. Um, and, and the good news is like all those things, they're not like they're not in a disorder. They are actually just they just need some tools. They just need to understand, hey, we need to eat more of these things in order to correct and and prevent those things from happening. It's not a failure it's not a value judgment on you as a person it's literally just you need a couple more skills and that's why you know we're here to provide that yeah and it's really easy to fix so much so that it happens 
I mean, like Jen said, we've been doing this since 2013. It's not our first day on the job. So when these situations pop up and, you know, on day one and someone says they want to fix their relationship with food because they're dealing with cravings and they snack every night and they can't stay out of the wine. And, you know, they're labeling themselves with all of these problems. Like I have, I have a sugar addiction. I have a carb addiction. I have a sweet tooth. They're putting all of these labels on themselves. Well, Miracles happen because usually by Friday of week one, when they're doing their check-in for the, like their wins for that week, they're already telling us the problem is fixed or very close to fixed. And then by week two, they're like, oh my gosh, it's getting even better. Like I haven't touched wine in two weeks and I'm not even using willpower. I don't go rooting through the candy jar at work two or three times a day anymore. And I, I don't even notice that it's there. So yeah, it's, it's really easy and simple to fix. And it's sad that I I don't know where people get this idea from that they have a bad relationship with food just because they haven't learned how to eat yet, which I think is what it boils down to, like just a lack of knowledge. 100%. Yeah. Where, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but if you're not somebody that works in nutrition, like unless you went to school to be a registered dietitian or you're a nutrition coach or somebody that's learned about it after the fact, like we have, how, where would you learn these skills? It's not like they teach us in school. Right. And I mean, um, that's what's, that's, what's crazy to me. It makes me like bang my head against the wall lovingly (laughs) (laughs) when it's like, no, it's not a, it's not a judgment on you as a person. It's like, let's learn about nutrition. Let's learn about, um, how the body responds to specific macros, specific foods. And when you restrict, you know, this area, then this outcome is going to happen. So it's a very like just clinical scientific process is all it is. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is probably coming from social media and from maybe influencers or fad diets that demonize whole groups of food or all carbohydrates, or, you know, you should avoid all sugar. It's toxic. It's bad. It's going to kill you. And so you then beat yourself up if you have some sugar and then, oh, God forbid, even worse, you enjoy it. (laughs) And then it just becomes like this, like you said, it's, it's shame. I suck. I'm weak. I can't do this. Something must be wrong with me. I must be a sugar addict. I need to see someone to fix my relationship with food. And actually, if we could just get you eating more protein and more vegetables and more of the right kind of carbs, you would not even be thinking about candy. Yeah. And I think, I think so much of it comes from that. It comes from people who have done other programs. They've seen these things on social media, you know, where sugar is bad and horrible. And I mean, yes, sugar. We're not is- saying it's a health food. Right. Like it is- <laughs> and we're not telling you to go eat piles full of sugar. Please don't. Um, <laughs> but when you restrict and when you say i can never have a donut or i can never go have a piece of bread like my like human nature and i and i think it's just human nature and i know it's the case for me when you tell me i can't have something like i want it 10 times more yeah i will eat it just despite you like it's just an obsession at that point (laughs) yeah so it, it really becomes a a sticky mess when you get down in that um down that spiral of labeling foods good and bad and labeling yourself good and bad based on what you're eating. And um, honestly, if you're listening to this, you're probably in the group of people who does not have some kind of diagnosable disorder with food or your body. Like there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't learned how to eat for you yet. And that's the process that we walk our clients through in Fat Loss Lifestyle School. And Jen, you touched on this a second ago, but you were talking about how this small percentage of people who really do 
have a, you know, a diagnosable like clinical issue that needs to be helped. They need to help from a dietitian or a, a psychologist or a combination of both. Can you talk just a minute about scope of practice in our industry? Cause this is something a lot of people seem to have forgotten about. And you know, we got trainers out there claiming to help people with everything from A to Z and that's, it's not really our jobs. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I think if, if you are, well, anyone who, who thinks that they have a, a bad relationship with food or is struggling with, you know, disordered eating and those types of things, like you should not be coming to a fitness and nutrition professional to help fix that. If it is yeah. a clinical, you know, and, and it could, it could be a range of things. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be, there's a whole list of actual disordered eating behaviors and patterns, um, you know, things that we look for when people check yeah. in that are, that are red flags for us. Um, you know, if, if you are one of those people and you do suspect that you are in fact struggling with one of those things, don't go and hire another nutrition coach because we're not qualified to do that. Right. It would, you know, it would literally be like calling up my, the guy who helps with, or like my contractor, my house contractor and be like, Hey, I've got this like sore tooth in the back of my mouth. Can you take a look at my teeth? Right? Like, like you need to call the right person for the right job. And if that is you, then that is not us. That should not be any no. nutrition professional. That should be your primary care provider. And that should be a, a, you know, a therapist or a licensed professional in one of those areas. Yeah. And I think if you're just casually scrolling Instagram, looking for someone to help you with these issues, definitely dig deeper than what you see on Instagram. See if they have a website, hopefully they have a bio or an about section and you can dig into their credentials or before you hire them, ask them like, do you know, what are your credentials and qualifications? What certifications, what like degrees do you have? And, and like Jen said, if they're not somebody that's a licensed healthcare provider, mental health care provider, they're just a certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, even one of these like quote unquote health coaches, no, they should not red be helping red you. Red flag, red flag, they, yeah. They should not be helping you with like, I can help cure you from binge eating. I can cure your sugar addiction and heal your gut problems that are making you crave. No, 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 no. Stop. Run. Hold yeah. your credit card very tightly and run fast. Exactly. Yeah. But let's touch back on the actual solution here, because that is what the most, you know, the most of the people that we work with actually need is the, the kind of scientific approach that we take in fat loss lifestyle school. Um, do you, do you want to give them a recap of the scientific method? Because I'm a little fuzzy on that. <laughs> I'm kidding. One of my favorite, we're going back to school for just a second, honestly. And well, first, the first thing that we do is we prescribe, it's not a meal plan, but we prescribe people yeah. a, a starting point, a, a template to build their meals. And then from there, we help each individual, individual person turn the dials up, turn the dials down. And if you take emotion out of that and you take, you know, personal preference and like circumstances and, oh my gosh, I was so stressed out today. Okay, cool. I sympathize with that, but let's like, let's talk about like the science, let's get yep. clinical and not emotional about this. Yep. So the, the, the thing about the scientific method and what we mean by get clinical is if you go back to your high school days, when you <laughs> did a little science project on the, the little cardboard that was like the three-sided like pop-up yes. board, you know? So the, the scientific process is you have a problem, you have a, a thing, a question, something that you are looking at. 
you create a hypothesis around that. So you look at your thing and you say, hey, so if I manipulate this or if I change this thing, then, then I'm going to predict the outcome is going to be X. So what you do is you engage in an experiment. You engage in the scientific process of changing that thing X. In our case, it's it's the t- it's the template. It's getting people to eat a different way. Yeah. So I'm trying this thing. Let's see then if I continue to do this, if the outcome is produced that I'm looking for, which is fat loss. We're a fat loss program. Um, <clears throat> so you get to the end of that process. You've you've controlled variables. You've stuck to the the plan. You've made your changes. You get to the other side. Well, I have to backtrack, but first, before you start your experiment, you collect data, you measure, you observe, you do all these things, which is what we have our clients do in the beginning. Right. They hate it. They hate it. (laughs) You have to have a starting point. You have have to have that data before you begin your your project, your thing. So then you conduct your, your experiment. And then on the other side of that, you measure and you collect data and you see if what you did generated the outcome that you thought it would or that you wanted it to. If it did then you keep doing that thing, right? If you, you know, you're eating your template at the end of a couple of weeks, you re-engage your data and you're losing fat, keep doing the thing, like keep going forward with that. But there's other outcomes, right? Possibly we're staying the same. There was no change. Okay. Then we have to re-go back to our variables, re-examine the things that we did and see what we need to change in order to produce the outcome that we're looking for. Same thing with potentially gaining fat. It doesn't happen often, but on occasion it does. Yeah. And so then you go back and you reevaluate and you take a closer look at what was at what you were doing in that process. In our, you know, in our case, it's what were you putting on your plate for those couple of weeks, and what change needs to happen in order to get the outcome that we want. Yeah. And then you just repeat the process. Like that is, that's what we mean when we when we say we have a clinical scientific approach because it's like nothing in there is dramatic or emotional or, um, you know, putting the back of your hand on your forehead, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of thing. It's literally just clinical. It's literally just data, apply the, apply the process and then reevaluate the data. That's all it is. Yeah. And I, I want to touch on a couple of things you said there. Um, I saw you writing. I saw you taking notes. I was taking. I was like, "Oh, let's let's talk on that." Um, so, putting on your your researcher hat or your analyst hat when you start this process and stepping out of dieter mentality mm-hmm. and stepping into this role of thinking about this process like a researcher or an analyst, like I'm going to solve this puzzle because that's all it is. It's just it's like a puzzle or a problem to figure out, and any good experiment is going to control the variables. This is what so many people don't want to do. And it's a way that the process gets mucked up. When a lot of people buy a program, a fat loss program, what they're looking for is for somebody to just like green light what they've been doing. Mm. We'll get right. We'll get a lot of people like, well, this is what I usually do. This is what I always have. Okay. Well, that's not working. And that's not included in the template and the food list that we gave you. We have this narrowed down to make this process as simple and clean as possible. And so when you start adding other factors and, and, you know, kind of winging it and wheeling and dealing with stuff, you're adding in all these other variables so that when you get to the point that you're checking data again, it's going to be really hard to figure out what was working and what wasn't because you had all these other, you know, variables in play. So we start our clients, we start you at it with a very simple list of foods, single ingredient foods like chicken, 
asparagus, brown rice, and ground beef and fish and potatoes. Like you can make amazingly delicious meals with these foods, but they're very, very simple. And unfortunately, what a lot of people do is they come in like, well, how about my low carb tortillas? Or how about my Dave's killer bread bagels? Cause I, I love those. I always eat those, right? They're healthy. And it's just like, nah, you're blowing the experiment up. So that's something you gotta just, if you're going to work with us, just prepare yourself for, because it is the method that, that we use and we'll get through, you know, the program and and teach you how to integrate those other foods in a structured way that, that works for you. That's still going to help you get your goals because your goal is fat loss. So you're probably not going to be pounding bagels every day, but, um, yeah, just being able to stick to the simple approach at the beginning let yourself learn. And then as you, you kind of start to figure out and solve the problem, then you can make it more complex and kind of change your meals up and occasionally add some fun things that you maybe used to eat before. Um, and then at second, I want to talk about the data because like I said, they hate, like people hate data initially, but then after working with us, like over time, they come to love it. They come to get excited about going to get in their in-body scan. Um, do you, you do in-body scans? What's your frequency with like collecting data at this point now for you? Um, I am like right now today in a phase where I have tightened down my meals a little bit and I've gotten a little more focused on tracking what I'm eating and measuring. I don't always do that, but every now and then I do tighten that back down. So in order to track my progress, I'm getting scans every two weeks. Um, because two weeks is a, if you go a month, like that's, and if you go a month and things don't turn out the way that you want it to, that's a full month of eating that you then have to correct, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Every, every week is a little bit too frequent. Like you're not quite going to see as big of a change, but two weeks is kind of that sweet spot of tracking where, you know, you haven't gone so long that if you have to write the ship, it's going to be a hard left turn versus, right. you know, hey, this is not quite working. Like what little small tweaks do I need to make? So about every two weeks. Yeah. And that's what we recommend for our, for our clients. When you start working with us is we recommend putting yourself on like a, a data collection schedule and sticking to that. And then once you get close to your goal for your body composition, where you're happy and healthy and you look and feel the way you want to, that can start to sp- spread out and space out. Cause like, like Jen just said, typically she's not going, getting a scan every two weeks. I'm not either. No. When you kind of shift into maintenance mode and lifestyle mode, like you're happy where you're at and you've reached a level of leanness that's healthy and easy to maintain. You don't need to be like, you know, doing progress photos every Friday and going to get your in-body scan every two weeks. It can kind of relax and you just, you know, what works for you by then. So it's much easier to take data less frequently, but keep things consistent. Yeah. I'd say it's probably been maybe a year before because I go through phases, you know, where I am just sort of in maintenance in my groove. And then if I want to tighten things down, I do it. Yeah. Shouldn't be in fat loss mode all the time. 365. No idea. That's another podcast though, (laughs) but ultimately what we hope you take away from this episode is that you reassess this term relationship with food. If it's something that's part of your vocabulary and it's something you're fixating on and think that like you have a bad relationship with food, is that what it really is? Or do you just maybe follow some people on social media or you've got some like fad diet history that's still following you around that you might need to let go of and Maybe you need to look at working with a certified professional who's trained to teach you how to eat for your goals, how to train for your goals. Because the cool thing here is that it's not a mystery. It's it's all science and it's actually very, very simple. You know, we, we have this figured out, folks. It's not, it's not, you're not a unicorn 
we really truly can teach you how to do this and figure it out. And it doesn't take as long as you think it will. I mean, results, the ultimate results that you want. Yeah, of course those take time, but you would be amazed at how quickly people start feeling better and seeing changes and feeling changes like their clothes fitting better, sleep improving. I mean, it happens like in a matter of days for some people. It's so awesome. Yeah. People are by the end of week one, just like in shock and awe. They're like, holy, <laughs> holy cow. I didn't know that. I, I think what's most shocking is when people actually feel really good for the first yeah. time and they're not, they just don't struggle with those, those things. And I almost look at it. It's weird to describe it this way, but it's almost like a mechanical change, right? Mm-hmm. It, you, you flip the switch or like you just put the things on the conveyor belt and on the other side is the, the product that you want. So it's almost like this, just you do the thing and then it, it just happens. Like it's different yeah. input, different output. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we teach too. And we, we teach you that food is information for the body. If you want it to do a certain thing or look a certain way, you, you put certain things in, in certain amounts and this whole food is good or bad. These foods are bad. I can't eat that. None of that is helpful or true. And every, like there's room for everything. You can have fat loss goals and still have sugar in your diet. It just comes down to amount and frequency, like how much is getting put in. And if you can moderate that by putting mostly good stuff in, which is what we recommend, not, not trying to cut it out, not even focusing on it, just focusing on more good stuff, that problem takes care of itself. And it's a really beautiful thing when that happens because so many of our clients have literally struggled with this their entire lives. And they go for a few days where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not constantly thinking about food. Is this what it feels like to be normal? Yeah, it's, it's freaking amazing. And we love when that light comes on for people. And you kind of sparked another thought for me talking through all of that. And I think I don't want, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't want you to think that we are just black and white, no emotion, never think, never feel because honestly, like the emotion that I (laughs) find to my meals and to my food is like joy and excitement and empowerment. So like, if I eat a really fantastic meal that like, that's a good thing. Like we should also enjoy and the foods that we're eating and make sure that they taste really great and build in those opportunities for treats and foods that we love, like a crumble cookie. Well, not for me, but my husband loves crumble <laughs> cookies, but like, you know, a crumble cookie on the weekend or something right. like that where um, we're not telling you to be completely devoid of pleasure and excitement because that's, that's not what we're, that's, that's not a lifestyle, not that's, one that I want to live anyway. No, absolutely not. So yeah. yeah, our process is simple and it is pretty cut and dry. But no, there is also room for sugar on occasion. Yep. <laughs> on on occasion, and and in quantities that are gonna support your goals. Like yeah, we all know we can't just go pound cookies and donuts and achieve fat loss, but you can still enjoy those foods while eating for fat loss for sure. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people are lacking is structure, yeah. because all they're getting from a lot of programs out there is like black and white. That's bad. This is good. You can't have that. That's off limits for 30 days. That's off limits for this phase or whatever. Um, I mean, we're, we're implementing a weekly treat meal very early in this process. And that alone is enough for some people. It just takes the edge off when they're at work and they're faced with the box of crappy donuts from the grocery store that some, some coworker brought in. They're like, you know what? I'm having a treat meal on Friday and I get to have what I really want. I do not want those stale donuts. No, thank you. It gets so easy to turn down food that's not worth it when you know that you get to choose what you really want and it's totally okay. And 
part of the program actually to enjoy those things. Yeah. And I think that circles back to what we talked at, talked about at the beginning, as far as you shouldn't have to walk by that box of donuts and feel bad or feel like you, you can't control or you, you yeah. just have to have one. And I, and I think the biggest thing, and it, it, it sometimes is related to knowing that you're going to have like the best version of that on the weekend, but also knowing that, that like on a biological level, you're, yes. you've already eaten the things that you should have and you're feeling satisfied and full. So when you're in that place of meal to meal, you're not starving in between meals, you're not restricting things, then you can objectively look at that box of donuts. Mm-hmm. And say, you know what, I'm, I'm like full right now for my lunch. I had a great salad. I don't actually want that. And so I think it, you know, it comes from that too, from that just like chemical mechanical yeah. process that, that they, people have already been doing throughout the day. Yeah. One of the things I always say is like, your body has your back and if you take care of it, it takes care of you. And that's the, the thing that we, we tell our clients is the, the template meal that we teach is your best weapon against those like situational cravings where you walk into a social situation or a thing at work where there's open boxes of donuts and cookies and cake and all that. It's, it's really crazy how little interest you have in it when your body is fueled and and running like it should and your blood sugar is balanced and you just don't even see it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So we hope that this episode has been helpful for you guys and that maybe you can start to let go of some of this baggage about your relationship with food. Cause you, I mean, I don't want to have a relationship with my food. Do you? Absolutely not. Yeah. I have enough relationships in my life that are that take enough work. Let's not make more. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to connect with us after the episode and let us know what you think, you can find me at Fat Laws Lifestyle School on Instagram. Jen, can you share your handle in case they want to come uh, chat with you and share any, any takeaways you gave them? Sure. My handle is at Jen with two N's. So J-E-N-N underscore Lucas, L-U-C-A-S underscore. So at Jen underscore Lucas underscore. And if you can't find her, just find the fat loss lifestyle school account. We used to always have her tagged in photos and I can just direct you via DM if you can't find her. So thanks for listening to the episode guys, and we'll catch you on the next one soon. This episode of the Get to the Point podcast is sponsored by Legion Athletics. If you need high quality, great tasting products to support your health and fitness goals, head over to legionathletics.com and use our code FLLS for 20% off your first order and double rewards points for all your orders thereafter. We recently had a client in our program try Legion protein powder for the first time and here's what she said. Raquel says, hi there, I just wanted to say that the Legion protein powder is so good. I've only ever tried a few protein powders and they never sit well with me or taste gross, but this one is so good. I bought the Dutch chocolate. We hear reviews like this from our clients all the time. They love it. We love it. We highly recommend you check it out. And big thanks to Legion for sponsoring our podcast. We'll see you on the next one.